Blog Talk Radio. Don't go to bed with no price on your head.
Yo, what's up, everybody? This is the Big Chapter Radio. H-Town. H-Town. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me, good brother? Yes, I can hear you. All right. How Hopefully you doing, man? People can hear us. I'm good. I hear, you. <laughs> I hear you dealing with some of that L.A. traffic. <laughs> yes. So on, just to make sure, on the um on the on the board, you guys clicked on the two microphones, right? Yeah, I clicked on them. Yeah, they so they can hear. Live. Okay. Yeah, we both <laughs> live and in effect. All right. Yes, indeed. So yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm almost. I'm almost stationary. Yeah, man, I was dealing with um, L.A. traffic, and it is ridiculous, you know, and you can't trust the GPS. It'll tell you. It told me I was going to be home by 530. Then it said 537, 535, then 540. I, I think that in L.A., they program GPSs to give you hope. And string you along. <laughs> Just like, yeah, we can hear you. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Three days later, you'd be like, I almost got there on time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. So, how you be doing? So, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Man, I am blessed, man. Um, the one good thing about LA traffic is you get to do stuff. So, um, you know, I got a CD coming up. I don't know when because we're still working on tracks, but it's called Hoodoo Man. And so I was actually in um in the car writing lyrics, listening to the tracks. So you know, it's 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 a cool thing sometimes. Oh, wow. You know, you know I'm supposed to be, you know, chilling in front of the computer, you know, running the board for the show. But that's what we're here for. That's why it's two of us and not just one of us. You know what I'm saying? Ha ha! How about that? Pedro CC. <laughs> so, it, um, you know. For all those who know, this is the Hour Network. This is the next chapter radio where we deal with what it takes to get you to the next chapter. And that's what this is about. And the subject matter for the day is relationships, dreams, and goals. Which one comes first? How do you prioritize? Or is there a need to? That is the question. But first, let's get into who we're talking to. Who are you, Gypsy? Break it down. Uh, my, I, my name is Gypsy Soulchild, <laughs> and I was born a poor black child. <laughs> I love that movie, man. So that poor watching. black child is real. Yeah, I love that. Movie. By the way, the, man, I love that movie. The Jerk, Steve about the, Martin. Yeah, by Steve Martin. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> yeah, but it's true and relevant in my case. Yeah, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, by way of Atlanta, Georgia, by way of Harlem, New York. Well, by way of just, we just going to say New York City, period, because I was all over that joker. Um, yeah. Brooklyn, you, I consider myself you in, in um, Weren't you in Long Island at one time, too? Nope. Shaolin, baby. I was I was in Shaolin. I was in Staten Island. Staten Island. Home of the Woo, baby. Home of the Woo. Shaolin Lin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Didi. Um So yeah, with that being said, I'm a ignorant intellectual. The <laughs> I'm just here to have some good conversation and have some fun. You know, family conversations yes, like we do every Monday. Yes, indeed. And what about and you? Am, Who are the people having the pleasure of talking to? I'm A-Town. I'm, again, like my brother and ignorant intellectual. Um, I hail from Cleveland by way of Chi-Town by way of Chocolate City, by way of many boroughs, Brooklyn. Brooklyn! Queens, Harlem. I worked in the Bronx. Um, I'm a pre-doctoral candidate, which means um, I'm a pre-doctoral intern and doctoral candidate in clinical psychology, um, applied clinical psychology, that is. Um, I... I'm considered a relationship expert because I wrote a book, and then all of a sudden they make you an expert. And then also, um, I made my living as a performance poet for some years. Y'all might know me as the Boogeyman. That's me. That's me. That's me. And um, yeah, we are here to talk about the next chapter, and you know what that look like. You know what I'm saying, homie. And so yeah, that's what that's that's me. And I'm a very simple cat. Very very simple. I'm a very simple cat, and um, yeah, that's it. So um, that's it. That's all. Hold on, and um, I need you to take the mic for one second. I have to go mute for one second, and I'll be right back with you. All right. Now, normally, A Town does this, but I'm gonna do it. Let you know what you exactly are listening to. Um, and give you the welcome, and I'm just going to read it off the website. Okay, so it says, welcome to the net, to TNC Radio, or the next chapter, where we will always be diving into an open and in-depth conversation about dreams, determination, and dedication, and the journey taken to realize them, focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. All right, so basically what that is is just taking everything we just said in layman's terms and putting a little spitting polish on it and taking it to college, as I like to say. So what we're going to do, we normally do this thing where we do uh, current events. And uh, I've been a little too busy to uh, really keep up with the news, but, you know, we all have opinions. 
right? So we're going to do a current event. I'm going to let uh, A-Town rip this week as usual, um, give out the current event. And uh, A-Town, you back with us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, and I'm all back. Okay. Yeah, so. Give the people... Give the people the uh, call-in number just in case they want to call in and get in on the call. Oh, my goodness. Don't have me lying. It is 646-668-2574. That is 646-668-2574. So dig it. You know what I'm saying? I like to stay out of politics just because there's so much talk with politics and stuff that it becomes very hard to like swallow because you got to deal with it all the time. But in the conversation now, they say that the country's in a critical point. And so, you know, I want to know what you people think who are listening. And of course, I want to know what you think, um, 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 Gypsy, especially because you are a veteran, you know what I'm saying? And you, have seen what this country looks like inside as a citizen and outside as a a soldier. Is the state of our union in dire distress? And if so, how much? And how much time we got left? Because you got some people talking about we over-exaggerate, and you got other people talking about like it's doomsday. So which is it? In your opinion, dun, 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 dun. and <laughs> and and what do we do about it? Like, what what what, what do we what do we do about that, man? It's like, like I'm, I mean, that's just the question. What do we do? Anytime, anytime you want to say um, something. Okay. Um... We are in trouble, and we have always been in trouble. Um, There has been no time in American history where we weren't in trouble. Um, Because we are still figuring it out, and we are still dealing with the human condition. As long as you have me- megalomaniacs who want to rule the world you, and they are in seats of power, you will always be in trouble. So that's any nation, anywhere, anytime. But more specifically, and I know I'm giving you the hippy-dippy answer, and I don't care. I have the mic right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Wait a <laughs> Um. I think we are in grave danger and some serious trouble because there are some things that we got better at and there there are some things that we fundamentally lost, fundamentally lost. Um, and with that, I will say we start teaching our kids how to take tests and just Get the test, get the test, learn the test, learn the test. We have lost innovation, right? 
We've lost the innovation. Mm-hmm. We've lost the the um, the desire to go better in that arena. You know, there's a there's a guy who sat there and told his daughter, and I'm phrasing it from a movie. I want to put a thousand a thousand songs in your pocket. You know, because she was walking around with a Walkman. You know what I mean? Where's that type of innovation? Where's that type of innovation today? We have become lackadaisical and soft and too politically correct to listen to each other's opinions. So, and and have an actual conversation based on opinions and facts and know the difference between the two. Um, we've become a nation of twittiots, twitterits, uh, twittiots, I like to say. Um, Yeah, I think everybody thinks they have an opinion and they think your opinion is smart and it counts and it doesn't. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I don't want to. It don't count at all? Not even a little? No, not at all. Listen, I don't want to have a beer with my president. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be able to relate to the guy that's supposed to be handling the handling the money and or handling uh if we get into a fight or or a war or something. I don't need that guy to be able to relate to me. I don't I don't need that. I I need somebody who's going to look at things and think on a level that I can't think on. That's why you elect those people. You don't elect somebody because he has a personality, and I can have a beer with him or her. Who cares? <laughs> we did that in the early 2000s, and you see what that got us. Hey. But um, I, think we are, I think we are in trouble because some of the values that once made America thrive and prosper, we have lost. Now, I think we are... On the other hand, I think I could say we are in a very much, we are very much in a better position because we have gotten to a place where, you know, certain ideas and ideologies just don't fly anymore. Like, mm, I don't know, segregation and slavery. Hey, let's do away with those. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a fan, you know, of that progress. <laughs> but we have come into this whole thing of, you know, we're the best, we're number one, we're the greatest in the in the world. Well, if that was truly the case, then you know, I I they say wars are a are they use war as a marker mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, see what's going on. And um, I don't think we are we are at that point where we can actually claim, have that claim if we're using war as the definition because the United States of America ain't won a war since World War II, you know, and we've been in multiple. So, you know, you can't just keep getting your ass beat all over the place and then say you're the baddest bully in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but my elementary school didn't work like that. 
you know. <laughs> but I admire your confidence, you know. So that was <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, so we <clears throat> we have to. Uh, we have a long way to go, but we also yeah. have come a long way. So. Are we in trouble? Yeah, I will always say we're in trouble until we are. Everybody is living their best self. You know, you don't have to have somebody making $30 trillion and not paying taxes, and you got a a mom and dad working two jobs, can barely raise their kid, and not making enough money just to put food on the table for the entire family. Every day, I have a problem with that. So no, we are we are far from where we could be, you know, as far as where we are as a nation. I think back to uh, remember uh, years ago when the uh, when there was a uh, a, a East Coast blackout and it stretched all the way from like New York to Cleveland. Remember yeah, that, nigga, like I had to. I had, I had to travel from. You once you were in New York. Were you in New York at that time? Nope. nope. Every four years, man. Out. I was. I was in. I was in Queens off Farmers Boulevard, and I had to get all the way over to um Frill Place off of Flatbush, and it was pitch black. Yes, I do remember that one, my brother. But but do you remember how everybody? was kind of like looking out for each other and like, hey, man, and, you know, we're all all together after that, right? Yeah. Now, part of that is because, you know, y'all watched two buildings collapse with, on, you know, a bunch of folks, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't like the blackout in the 70s where everybody just went for broke and went polluting and burning shit down and this, that, and the other. There was a sense of humanity despite race, creed, color, sexual orientation. People were looking to get together and humanity ruled the day. Yeah. That's a damn sight better than what happened in the 70s. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So did we make a long stride? Yes. Can we keep doing that every day? Why not? That's just me. Um, you know, that's my little diatribe about it. I, I think we are, are so with that, I know it's confusing, but we are always, if we are striving to be the best we can be, um, I will always say we're in trouble because we haven't reached our absolute best yet. Hmm. And I know this yeah. may sound crazy, but you know, I, I I think we we would get a lot we would be a lot better if somebody just put duct tape on the president's mouth. I mean, now what you do <laughs> to put the duct tape on his mouth is your own business. I just think he needs duct tape on his mouth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, so and but I mean like we're talking about like our 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 republic is in, in danger to the point where you know we end up back in the Jim Crow era and you know um where white was a not only a, a racial delineation but a caste system and a class system 
you know, inside of that caste system. The caste system was everybody is white and everybody else who ain't is under them. And then the class system became classism among white folks. And our classism became like secondhand citizenry, citizenry because, you know, everybody else became below them. Like, you know, we got the rise of hate crimes. You know, we got, you know, politicians now, Republicans, who blatantly support lies. Like Trump can get out there and lie, and Republicans will get out there and say something to support it, you know. You know, like um, his chief of staff was like, oh, there's always going to be, you know, um, a political slant to foreign policy. Just deal with it. Like, are we in that state where we're heading toward, you know, a dictatorship or fascism or, you know, are, are we looking at, you know, a straight-up plutocracy? You know, that's when rich folk, you know, people just rule, you know. You know, where, where are we headed for? I mean, man? we're like, we're 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 not headed for a plutocracy. We're there, but um, <laughs> we're there. Um, but I mean, but, but I mean, we're there. We're there in practice, but not name. I mean, are, are we getting to the point where we're just going to crack and like we're a democracy and put plutocracy, you know, or oligarchy, oligarchy on there, and you know, and just basically, you know, deal with, you know. Some form of fascist rule, like just get rid of the name and quit acting. You know, is this going to be kind you know of what? Like, I hope you know, so. Trump University? I hope so. I hope so. Oh, that failed. Um, I, 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 I <laughs> so. hey, have you been smoking? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm serious. I hope so because I mean, you know, I hope some. I hope Melania's uh, Boris and Natasha speaking ass. Comes up there and says on on national TV, let them eat cake, and then we burn this fucker <coughs> down and make it what it was supposed and and make it whole and make it and make this thing what it was in, always intended to be, and make them uh, live by the tatterments of what they say they believe in. So yeah, go all the way to one side so the people can actually rise up and back what was initially supposed to be theirs from the inception of the country. So yeah, keep going. But, 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 <laughs> but, don't end okay, up so my question is why, you know you on the tail end of that, why would you want that to happen? Listen, you've been on the tail end of anything good or bad in America since 1619. So why are we even why are we even playing? So you so you're basically saying that any degree of what we're getting is about the same. So you know is that so like you said so the burn so get burned down is like so to force people to choose sides and take off all the blinders and let people see what we're living in is that what you're saying? Okay, let me let me let me say it to you like this. We're gonna we're just talking about voting, quote unquote, rights. Voting rights. When did women get the right to vote? During the suffrage movement. Um, uh, don't get me so talking was, about the year though. I don't know. So that was in like the twenties, right? Somewhere around there, but you know. 
right? I, I'm really bad with those dates. Gonna, well, I just okay. know stuff to happen. Okay, we're not. Okay, so that was in the I know it was before us. Be like, right, no, yeah. well, hold on. Could your grandmother vote? No. She was a woman. Well, you know, we, we got left out of that. I, that right, right, oh, oh, oh. Okay, so that's the second time we got wrote out of, you know, black women got rolled out of that. And then even, you know, all men are created equal, right? That, that's, that's what they that, say. That's, the, that's what they say, right? Who's the first person to, to, to die for America? Who is the blood sacrifice for America? Mr. Christmas Atticus. A black man. Sorry, I was listening to Stevie earlier today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that song, yeah, that's hilarious. Right. So he gave Christmas Addis get shot for the Revolutionary War. The man who wrote "All Men Are Created Equal." This raggedy bastard didn't free his own children until he was on his deathbed. So you tell me how much of this did we have a stake into? Black folks have been fighting to be down with the United States of America since 1619. Okay. So basically, you saying. So, we're in the state that we're in, and ain't nothing really changed except the window dressing. Hey, yeah, that not now. Ooh, now you can get a little closer. Now you can go inside and shop. But oh, you can't get in this section. Go over here. Oh, your credit's not good enough, so you might want to put that on layaway. Oh, it's always a caveat. And you can always and you can look at that with anything. So let it be, let you know. I listen to the Martin uh the I you know, I may not get there with you, but I've been to the mountaintop. You know, the speech Martin Luther King gave before he died. And I always grew up hearing the clip. The, you know, that just that one little segment. But if you go back and listen to that whole thing, that joker was talking about boycotting Wonder Bread in 1968. Wonder Bread was the biggest bread company in, in the United States. He was talking about boycotting <laughs> Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is, you can't, act, no matter what kind of soda you drinking in Atlanta, Georgia, you drinking a Coke. It could be orange, it could be Fanta, it could be whatever. It's Coke. Yeah. Because they ain't bought everything. And and here here you go having, um, what's his name? Martin Luther King Jr. talking about boycotting Coca-Cola. Are you serious? It's 1968. He start messing with the money. So it's been about the money the whole time. 
It was always about the money. The only reason why the sit-ins and all that worked is because commerce was interrupted. It wasn't just because somebody felt bad because they was watching niggas get their heads beat in while they were singing, oh, we shall overcome holding the sign. Please. Commerce got interrupted. All the way around. You mess with the money, you get a result. And it's that way today. You mess with the money, you get a result. If you don't mess with the money, nobody cares. Hence why Jay... Mm. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go ahead and say it. Hence why Jay-Z and the NFL are now boozing buddies. Because after enough black people stopped watching the games for that year and a half, mm-hmm. guess what? They lost revenue. So what happened? They had to get somebody in there that was going to speak to us and speak kindly to us. And that's what they did. Oh, well, we get Jay-Z because everybody loves Jay-Z and Beyonce. We'll get them. Black entertainer is not a black politician in the 70s, man. Come on, man. It's the same old trick. So burn it all down. (laughs) Let's start over. (laughs) (laughs) Burn it all down. So my thing is, you know, Okay. Oh. You got more? Go ahead. I thought you were done. No, I was done. Burn it all down. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm doing it after burn it all down. There's not much room for other conversation. It's like kind of done. No, it's, so, it's, um, <laughs> this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, my, my take was this. Like, you know, I do understand that, you know, we are in – a whole lot of stuff that we've been in before that, you know, we are suffering, you know, at the hands of just the American system, you know, and that the we are always been people of color, poor people, you know, and disenfranchised. But, um, my thing is I think what they're saying is that at least at one point it was starting to be uncomfortable and unacceptable to practice it openly. You at least had to act like you were attempting some form of fairness and justice and equality. You had to at least act like you had tolerance. And at least, you know, you couldn't just have open face hatred and racism, you know, because it was frowned upon to do publicly. Now, it was applauded behind closed doors. And when I say applauded, I say that because it was allowed to thrive and it was allowed to still exist without too much resistance as long as it wasn't blatant. I mean, you know, even with the uh, Supreme Court, when they were talking about they didn't um, have anything to do with gerrymandering, you know, um, they're talking about, oh, that's the Congress's thing, you know, or whatever, you know, because it was, I think it was Texas. Not that I'm getting this correct. They had some messed up um, um, borders, you know, but they said that it wasn't our intention to do that. 
And, you know, and what I think the Supreme Court said was basically, if it wasn't their intention to do it, then, you know, it wasn't purposeful, so there's nothing we can do about it. So what you're saying is if you're an accidental or an occasional racist who has plausible deniability, you can carry out the same thing as racist people do, or like the cops. Well, you know, he didn't mean to kill him. It was just that and the other. So you can have the same effect as an extermination as long as it wasn't on purpose. And so what I think that I was hearing and what I do agree with is that now it's becoming chic. It is a new end thing for people with that disposition to publicly show it. You know, it, it's become, you know, what is it? hatred voyeurism. You know, or, you know, you put up the most spiteful and hateful and negative thing you can, and look what I did. And I did it because, you know, and that's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? And that's the part that I'm worried about and concerned about, specifically for the women and children. Because with brothers, you know, they it's going to take some numbers for brothers, you know, for them to really get that that ignorant and, and carry out stuff. But even with brothers, you see, you ain't coming to the apartment. You ain't doing this. You don't live here. You don't do this. And it's just like it is getting okay to the point where, you know, you got college kids calling the police on other college kids. And when the police come there, they're not demanding that the person who called show school ID or prove school enrollment, but the person they called on has to. And I think that that is becoming more acceptable and that becomes more problematic because now we're going to have to deal with it on a deeper, much deeper level. You know what I'm saying? And no, that, because that that's always no, been there. Like if no, but was, I mean it's like this in uh in 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 higher learning twenty years well, ago, no, but, twenty plus years I, ago. I know, but no, but what I'm saying is those were the more public displays were more the exception than the rule. Now it's becoming more of the rule than the exception. Before, people didn't want to be seen. They didn't want their names associated with it. They would deny it. Now they're embracing it. They're happy to say it. They're kicking it out with pride, and that's what I'm saying. These fools have become more emboldened to believe that they can act on this, whether verbally or physically, with impunity, and that there's not going to be any recourse except some complaining black people. And well, I think that's, that's a problem. We've seen this. Hey, let me finish. I think that's a problem because I know somebody else might have said it, but I, I read it in George Jackson's other day, brother. You know, he said, well, you make peaceful change impossible, you make violent confrontation inevitable. And, you know, I think that we're getting to the point where it's becoming chic to give black folks, people of color, disenfranchised people, no other choice but to physically act out because it's not coming any other way. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I think we're getting back to that point where you could, if there was a boycott like Montgomery, just start arresting and beating on people, talking about you ain't got a right to choose not to get on the bus. 
where nowadays if we did a boycott or something, it would be more of an appeasement to us, and they would get somebody who looks like us to try to talk us down, get us to be good Negroes. I'm thinking it's getting to the point where pretty soon when we protest, they're going to be so emboldened, they're going to really come to our protests and just try to reinstate some form of Jim Crow and be like, you know what, we got the right to tell you you can't be here and just beat on you, not complain, not come out and have a a counter rally, you know, that turns into something. I'm talking about coming out there with the sole purpose of not rallying but putting us in our place. And I think that that mentality is becoming more emboldened. And I think that the people who are supposed to be holding the democracy up and protecting it are falling flat on their faces and getting punked. I think Trump has made the Democratic Party his bitch. And the Republicans, you know, his concubine. And I think he is just pimping the piss out of them. And they are so flabbergasted because they thought the ideal and the concept of America was going to be so great that no one person could run that joker in the dirt. But now we got allies who think, yo, we can't trust you. We got countries saying, like, look, look at them getting run by this fool and look at this dude literally say things and then the next day do the Jedi mind trick and say he didn't say them. Like during a debate with Hillary Clinton, he said, I never called all the um, Mexicans coming over here rapists. And it's like, dude, that was a soundbite that played for like two weeks. But he got up there and literally said he didn't say it, that Hillary was lying. And not once on the debate stage did anybody call him up and like, yo, Trump, yes, you did say that. They left that between them. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we're getting to the point where people are getting bullied so much that you know, the bully tactic is, is going to be the main and, and prevalent tactic. And you're going to see not only like the stuff that you've seen with cops, you're going to see just, you know, people out boldly just whipping up and snatching up people and talking about this is, this is America and it's great again. You know, and that, and I worry about that, like I said, mainly for the women and children, you know, who's going to suffer from it. And then I worry about the brothers because, you know, when they come for the brothers, they can come in gigantic numbers to make sure that they leave in one piece. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that America's was some great melting pot that it claimed to be. We, you know, disparity has always been there. I think it was the Supreme Court back in the days when we were talking about Brown versus the Board of Education or one of those cases where I think the um, Supreme case said that they're convinced that there is no right that a black person can hold that a white person will respect without the force and the weight of the law behind it. And I think that's a telltale sign. You know, that, you know, at one point in America, there, you know, a group of folks who are supposed to be like the highest moral or legal, at least, minds in the land said that they honestly believe that there is no rights that a black person can hold that a white person would absolutely respect without the force of the law behind it. Like, screw morality and integrity, and I think we're getting back to the point where that's just going to be commonplace, you know? And, um, yeah, but I ain't saying it was great before. No, I mean, even as a veteran, you know, I know you like, well, I'm Marine Corps, you know, and I'm proud of my, my Marine Corps service. I am. 
Um, but even with that, and Brown versus the Board of Education and this, that, and the other, nobody, you, and, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Captain Cheeto, and that's a, and I'm sorry for and 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 I I'm sorry I've insulted Cheetos because they're good and delicious and I shouldn't um compare to <laughs> much ass Don't face. insult the Cheetos. Um, right, I shouldn't. I I my my apologies to Cheetos for insulting them, saying they compared them to that orange ass face. Um. When he he was because he was one of the primary people screaming about the birther movement. Let us see your birth certificate. Let us see your birth certificate. Let us see your birth certificate. And everybody thought he was talking about Obama's not an American citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, remember that. Hmm. Okay. So he actually was. But not because he was born in Kenya or he was born in Hawaii, which is a fucking state. <laughs> what they were talking about was that clause that's still in the Constitution that says that if you have one sixteenth blood drop of black blood in you, you are you are black or Negro, colored, whatever we're going by this week. And that you are actually three-fifths human. So, being in the Marine Corps, little little trick that's done. In order for you to do horrific things to people, you have to take away their humanity. That's why in Vietnam, they weren't fighting the Vietnamese people. They were fighting Charles. In the first and second Gulf War, they weren't fighting the Iraqi people. They weren't fighting the uh, 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 Saddam Hussein's regime. They were fighting cowheads. You strip them of their humanity, and then you can do any and everything you want to these people. Now, how many times do you see just on a regular basis everywhere, black folks looking humane. I have, we both have daughters. God forbid something happens to them. You will never hear about it on the news or TV. It is a constant and persistent thing that has been going on with black folks in this country since forever. Since forever. Have we made some strides? Yes. Are they just going off and just doing whatever they wanted? Yes. But at least now it's out in the open, and now we can count your numbers. Before, when it was just hush-hush and in the quiet and, and in the closet, we didn't know what was all in there. We didn't know what was behind that wall. We didn't know what was behind that door because we wanted to we wanted to believe that we were so much better than that. But even during the Obama administration, as liberal as Hollywood is, guess what you saw 
a majority of during that administration. You ready? You ready for it? Mm-hmm. You have never seen mm-hmm. that many movies about niggas in servitude as you did from 2010 <laughs> to the time that Trump got in office. They made every movie about slaves and and and, and niggas picking cotton, butlers made. More so than any other time in American history, <laughs> I've seen more niggas. I've seen more niggas playing slaves and 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 servants than I have even in the 1940s. It was mind-boggling, and that's liberal Hollywood that yeah. was showing you that. Liberal Hollywood during the time of we elected a black a black. Uh, we elected a black president in the time of Obama. Wasn't there a fourteen-year-old kid that was shot for wearing a hoodie and being in, and walking down the damn street? And this killer went yeah. free. That was in the time of Obama, right? So you saw yeah. all of this coming out. Wasn't it during the time of Obama? That um, on every major university, uh, 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 Ivy League school, you they were they were uh, in the news during that time period for having mm, I don't know blackface parties where they was dressed up like niggas in the hood. Wearing blackface and chains and grills and drinking forty ounces, shorty, and trying to get and getting uh, black or white girls to come and try and twerk. That was in the time of Obama, right? All that happened in Obama. So all those college kids graduated and they went somewhere. They still had kids. But these are in liberal thinking colleges and universities throughout America. It just wasn't the South. Malcolm X said it best. Anytime you south of the Canadian border, you south. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, so really, I mean, what are we doing? Like, let it all come out, man, because that's the only way we are really going to clean it up for real. Oh, yeah, we've been talking for a minute. Yo, this is the D.I.R. Network, TNC Radio, the next chapter. And um, on the next chapter, we will always be diving into open, in-depth, deep conversations about dreams, determination, and dedication, and the journey taken to realize them, focusing on transitioning from one level to another and recognizing when and how to move to the next chapter. And we're here every Monday from 6 to 8 Pacific time, and that is 9 to 11 um, Eastern Standard. Today we are talking about, going to be talking about relationships, dreams, and goals. Do you have to choose one? If you do, how do you prioritize them? And which one is more important? Which one waits for which? But we talked about today was the State of the Union because, I mean, I listen to everything from, 
NPR to other public radio. I got to say KPFK, but I don't know if that's everywhere. That's out in California. I listen to the Young Turks. You know, I listen to CNN. I listen to MSNBC. Sometimes when I can stomach, I listen to Fox. And I listen to all these places, and the majority of them are saying that we're reaching a precipice, you know, or a point, and it's not a precipice, but we're going to fall, a point of return that we will not be able to come back from. And so we were just talking about, like, what's the state of the union? Are we in trouble? And what does it look like? So, you know, both of us agree that the state of our union is in trouble. We, you know, it, we, we, um, we didn't disagree, so to say. We, we had different opinions about the degree and the nature of it and what should happen. You know, Gypsy was saying, hey, it's been like this, you know, at least in a fight when everybody's wearing their uniform, you can see who your enemy is. And it'll push people to the point where, you know, we'll get together and he said, burn this joint down. I'm at the point where I believe that, you know, people are being more emboldened to do ignorant and, and hateful things and being more comfortable with them. And, you know, I think we've been becoming a nation of, you know, mutual, um, um, uh, how you say, carnivorous, behaviors and, and carnivorous voyeurs. In other words, you know, we, we're, we're watching people get eaten and, and we're doing the eating, doing the eating, and, you know, it's becoming a sport and enjoyable for a lot of people, you know, especially those who've been housing those opinions in secret. But like I said, we're going to talk about relationships and dreams and goals and which one do we prioritize and how? If you want to call in and weigh on any subject matter, weigh in on any subject matter, the number is 646-668-2574. Again, 646-668-2574. And sometimes weighing in on relationships can be mind-blowing decisions. So we're about to listen to Heat Wave talk about mind-blowing decisions, and then we're going to come back here and see what it looked like. <laughs>
within And remember when we first met We were only friends Throw a kiss Or try to taste us in the lid Will they see the factors That will make our life a trip But just in
That was Heat Wave, mind-blowing decisions. Now, did you know that Heat Wave almost did human nature, but they didn't like it? And so the dude who writes for, um, you know, um, he's the dude who writes the songs for um, Heat Wave, you know, he ended up giving that to Michael Jackson, Rod Temperton. Rod Temperton. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting. So, yeah, so this is the D.I.W. Network, Next Chapter Radio. The call in number six four six 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 eight two five seven four on Twitter. It is the next chapter t dot n dot c, and you can send us messages on um, Instagram from there. So, the topic today is relationships, goals, and dreams. Which one comes first? Which one holds a priority? Which one? is the most important. Today we did the hot topic, and the hot topic was the state of our union because with everything that's happening in the government, you have Republican and Democratic people like saying that, you know, we're at this point of no return or this precipice, this cliff we're about to fall off of. And we discussed if that was true in our opinions. Of course, we're going to talk about our opinions because, as, you know, one said, you know, and it was probably said in other places, but by Sylvester the Cat, you never know where you're going until you get there. You know, I just I just dated myself. So, yeah, with that, again, 646-668-2574. In your opinion, if you want to call in and tell us, tell us which one is more important to you, relationships, goals, or dreams, are they equal? And if they're not, which one waits for which? Do you build a relationship first and then do your career? And if you get in a career, if you get in a relationship while you have a career, does the career then take a backseat to the relationship or whatever goal it is that you have set forth? So with that, we're going to, you know, bring it to Gypsy Soul Child with a mind-blowing decision. You know what I'm saying? Which one, Gypsy? If you have, to, if you have your dreams and your goals, right, and then you meet this absolutely great woman, we got yeah, let me preface that because, you know, you may, and I want to act like we're starting a new woman, you know. So yeah, this is hypothetical. Don't, don't you know? Uh, just right. Jody here. Right. So yeah, right. Make sure you need a woman. You got your dreams and your goals. She is listening. You got this woman. Which one do you choose? Do you make them work together? Do they work in conjunction with each other? Like you take turns working on one and the other? Like what do you do? Especially if they conflict. Like the woman wants more time ah. than you have to give for you know, because you're working on your dreams and goals, you take away from take away time from your dreams and goals and then split it evenly with the woman, even though you know that's gonna prolong or maybe even sabotage your goals if you take too much time from it. Which one do you do, my brother? Come on now. Um Don't be you remember that episode of you remember that episode of uh, the first, the pilot episode of the Cosby Show? Man, I've seen so many Cosby Theo shows. I don't remember the pilot. When when Theo wanted to be regular people, and oh uh, yeah, Bill took, <laughs> <laughs> took all oh, the yeah. divvied it up. Yeah, at the last thing he said. He said, you going to have a girlfriend? He said, yeah. And he took all of the Joker's money 
Mm-hmm. Whether you regular folks or you rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's always going to be the case, whether it be time or money or whatever. Because so you're saying you you're saying relationships have a fiduciary responsibility that's always going to be there. Yeah, it's it's always going to be there because you if you want to continue the relationship, you will put equity into it. You will spend time. You will spend money, even if that money is just buying some flowers or going to the grocery store and cooking a meal she likes or, you know, just, you know, something like that, you know, just or so not going to century. do what you wanted to do. Huh? We're the 21st century. We're the 21st century. How come, you know, the woman can't be the financially stable one and the man live off the woman? No, I, did, I never said that. And that, that's called Fantasy Island. And tell Mr. Rourke, I um, I just throw it out. I'm planning to say devil's advocate. I'm like, you know, what's up with it? You know, like, you know, all that shit sounds. Well, good. Can... <laughs> <laughs> all that sounds. All that shit sounds good. Um, but seriously, um, whether whether it's a guy or a girl, whether it's a guy or a girl, male or female, you're gonna have to spend some kind of time. Whatever you did to get him, you're going to need to do to keep him or her. You know what I mean? But what if so, that gets in the way? But what if that gets in the way of a lifelong dream or goal? Do you do it anyway? But here's the thing. If it's somebody that's really, really for you, it's not going to get in the way of sabotage, to the point of sabotage. It's going to Yes, you're going to have to budget your time a little differently. However, you know, Ruby D and Ossie Davis are okay. my celebrity go-to couple. You know what I mean? Okay. Ruby okay. D did a did a lot more movies and stuff than Ossie did. But Ossie played right and did all this other stuff behind the scenes. And their activism was both on point. So they fed each other's dreams. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. kept each other grounded and, and, and kept each other going. So that was wonderful. So that's Ruby D and Ossie Davis. You know, so as we progress, we try and emulate those things that worked. You know what I mean? You can say what you want to about the inverse of that, the extremely dysfunctional relationship that we all know, Ike and Tina. But Ike was a hell of a songwriter. Tina was a hell of a singer. Their personalities were just too big, and plus, you know, cocaine was hell of, was a hell of a drug, and you know, it things just got really, really jacked up in that regards with Ike and Tina. But did they love each other? Yes. Did they were they really uh, 
striving? Yes. Did they feed each other's careers? Yes. Did their marriage suffer? Hell yeah. Because Tina was the bigger star than Ike, and Ike didn't know how to play that background role and say, everything that's coming out of this chick's mouth, I'm writing, so I don't give a fuck. You know, I cross out. I cross out because those are two people who worked in, who actually worked together. I'm talking about two people who don't have the same careers, and even a woman who's for you or a man who's for you can be a time suck when it comes to dedication. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. When I worked with Lionel, Lionel literally asked me for every number that I had. He said, any place that you go to, any friend who you are frequently around, any place that you frequent, I need the phone number. So you know Arabica and Shaker Square, right? Yeah. Lionel had the number to Arabica and Shaker Square because when I didn't answer the phone, he needed to get in touch with me, and he said it might be times where you don't have 24 hours. He said it might be days where I call you at 8 o'clock at night, and I expect you to be on a plane at midnight and come in there, and you got some work to do, and you're going to be here for a minute. So literally, I didn't want to answer the phone, and Lionel wouldn't directly call. He would have somebody call, and then I would talk to him, they put Lionel on the phone. Well, one day, I got enough, I was getting calls from people I didn't recognize. I hung up, the, I kept hanging up the phone. I'm in Cleveland State in the um, Black Studies office, and Pat now picks up the phone and says, hey, it's for you, it's Lionel Richie. I'm like, quit playing. She's like, no, for real, it's Lionel Richie. And I called, he said, Bill, you ain't picking up your phone. And there was a thing where we was working on to the rhythm, and he was talking about, like, I might, if, I don't, if, I, if they can't work it out, I'm going to need to be on the plane within 24 hours, and I'm going to be out there until it gets done. So in that case, if I'm the person who would ever down for me, and I get this call saying, listen, you got to be out here in 24 hours, and we have, like, a nice weekend vacation plan. You know what I'm saying? At that point, I got to choose between my career and telling Lionel Richie no or telling my woman no. So there are going to no, be times when they're You ain't got to make a yes, yes, I do. She do. No, no. No, you I, won't make no, a no, no, no. She makes no, 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 no. See, well, she can express her opinion, but ultimately I make the choice. And so my question is, if she's like, we made these plans, you come in with me, and Lionel's like, well, you're under contract, and we got this song to do, you come in with me, I have an obligation to one of them. One of them is a life obligation, the other one is a legal obligation. What do I do? See what I'm saying? And here's one. No, but I want to answer that. What am, no, I want to answer to that I, question. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm about to give it to you. Here's the okay. Thing. And, I, and I look at things from multiple different angles. Yes, I have to make a choice between 
who I'm sharing my life with it. Listen, let's say you was just working at Ford Motor Company, right? Mm -hmm. And you had to do overtime. Or the post office, as my father retired from. And you have to do overtime. And my mother retired from. Right. And I really want to do this, but you little nappy-headed Negroes enjoy the benefits and the perks of what I bring in when I do this overtime. You can feel however kind of way you want to. Ooh, baby, baby, I'm sorry. Ooh, baby, baby, I love you. Ooh, you can call me a black, or you can you can call me that that wonderful term of endearment. Miss Cicely Tyson used to call Miles Davis. You old black motherfucker, you. But guess what? You like the perks and the benefits that comes along with this lifestyle. So you can't complain about the work that it takes to get to the perks and the benefits of this particular lifestyle. If you, my dear heart, were a lawyer and had to work long hours to get this uh, case done or whatever, it's the same thing. So you like the joys and the perks and the benefits. You want to work, you want something, you got to work for it. Now, if you just think that, again, and this is just me, this is my thought pattern. If you just sitting there with a chick that's popping gum, I mean, how come you ain't never with, mm-hmm, that ain't right. But you want to spend up the store, then you ain't the chick for me because you don't understand the work ethic. You need to back up. So it so for me it's not about looking at the choice that I've made because I've ultimately made a wrong choice. If I'm dealing with a person like that for me. Everybody else is but, different. But what I'm saying is I, I, with the dream dreams are more demanding. So it would have been more than just doing overtime. It would not only be me not going, but me going across country without you for an undisclosed amount of time, and you just have to deal with it if you're the female. That's different than just going to work and not being able to go places. And I know, and hold on, let me finish. I know both of them are enjoying the perks of the lifestyle and the money that is made and the lifestyle that is afforded by it. But if you don't have a woman who's willing, or a man, if you're a female actress or a female um, person chasing their dreams, if it becomes a conflict where the amount of time away and time spent is becoming problematic because the relationships are suffering or deteriorating, and this is brought to you, which do you choose? Now, I know which one I believe you'll choose, but I'm just saying, which one do you choose if you're given that ultimatum? You know, you either got to limit how much time you work on this dream thing, or we're going to limit how much time we spend together. Which, which one are you putting your foot down for? 
or you gonna try do to you do, remember try to do to make the happy middle? Do you remember um, Kevin Campbell's first album? Nick, well, I just remember he did CDs. You can't be telling me first and second. Yeah, I remember it like that. That's you. First, which, which was his first, first one? First album. The one he did with Quincy Jones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be sure. I'll be sure had a fast song that he produced for him. Um, that was titled "Goodbye." <laughs> 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 So, so I said, is that your final answer? <laughs> and that's my answer. Goodbye. Number one, I don't do well with ultimatums. Number two, um, you like the lifestyle that this affords. You enjoy the perks and the benefits that comes along with this. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. father, and, and it's weird because my father put this, Got this in my mind, real. He he cemented this in my head when I was a kid because you know there were things I wanted my daddy to go to, and you know that, that's my little kid voice. And I was, you know, wanted to do this with my dad. And you know, he my father's asshole. He said, "Okay, go in the dining room, flip that light switch." Click, 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 click. He said, every time you flip that switch, it, the light come on, don't it? Yeah. He said, okay, go in the refrigerator. Open it up. There's food in there, right? You pick out whatever you want to eat, right? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. Me not going to this little Cub Scout jamboree, whatever the hell it was, he was giving me the lesson on. He said, is that I'm not doing it because I don't want to be with you and spend time with you. I'm doing it so that you can have these things. And that really stuck with me. Every guy, I can't speak about women, but every guy wants to be able to, hey, you know, I want to get my woman a, 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 a fur coat, a leather jacket, a pair of shoes, and some red bottoms or some pearls, whatever the fuck she's into. You know what I mean? It's going to make her smooth mm-hmm. and, and be happy for you. You know? So you're either going to work for it, street-level pharmaceuticals, or you're going to find a talent and work in that, or you're going to, you know, get yourself a gun and rob you a bank. It's what, it's what you know, you're going to figure it out because you want to do something special for your mate or your kids and things like that. But if you happen to be a struggling artist and this, that, and the other, she knew you ain't had no money when she met you. Please. So you start you start booking commercials if you're an actor, and then you start booking gigs, and you got to go to Thailand and shoot a movie for six months or whatever. And, you know, you do what you can whether you're in the military, whether you're in the, uh, whether you're in, uh, you're, you're acting or dancing or a singer or whatever, you, that's your job. That's your gig. You're not going to tell her to stop going to, like if you was going to McDonald's to flip burgers, she, 
Why do you always at McDonald's flipping burgers? I mean, I'm just saying. Why don't you talk to Calvin at Mickey D's? Really? You like eating these burgers that I come home with, you know, at the end of the shift. Shut up. You see what I'm saying? It, no matter what it is, you're going to spend time away. Sometime is just different, and the things are different because of the job you're doing. But at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, it's still a job. Now, if you don't want your brother to have a job, collect a check, sit, on, sit at home and watch Judge Judy during the weekday courtroom TV, smoke, smoke weed, and play PlayStation, and, you know, just don't have nothing. Enjoy your life. But that's not what you went to. That ain't what you wanted. You know, this man started doing this, and that's how he, and that's how he or she made the commitment to survive. So my thing isn't that you're looking at a wrong I, I think it's 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 the double sided perspective. The person in the relationship, yeah, they miss you, but their perspective is a little whack. And then if you are dealing with somebody who has that level of lack of understanding, I should say, I think mm-hmm. uh, you made a wrong choice a long time ago. And anything that you're doing at this point is just corrective action. So, in other words, you're saying that, at least in your case, dreams, goals, and job are the same thing, and you don't compromise them, and anybody who asks you to compromise them, you are in the incorrect relationship because they're not, and you will say goodbye before you compromise your your relationship. So I have a question then. Do you postpone a relationship that you know was going to be time consuming but wonderful until you reach your goal, your dream, because you know that the woman that you're getting with is going to be too demanding for you to keep your current schedule. And it's not like I'm not telling she's negative or disregarding you, but the level and intensity of relationship she wants can't be garnered with the lifestyle you're living, do you postpone getting with her until you can live that lifestyle, or do you try to find some happy medium? Well, for me, it's a little, I, I'm, I'm a little odd and I'm a little different. I've been doing things in the entertainment sphere since I was about five years old, man. So, like, um, it's kind of it's kind of different for me. So my my mentality is, I'm doing this shit when I met you. <laughs> you know, um, this is just mm-hmm. like you're not gonna ask me to cut. You know, prove your love to me and cut off your arm. Uh, I don't like you. <laughs> you can go away. <laughs> That's how mm-hmm. it is for me. You know, it's like mm, no. Oh, somebody mistakenly told you. You know. That's me, though. I don't, I, yeah. I can't speak to, so I'm a little different in that regard because it's not like, you know, I got together with them and was just like, hey, you know what? I think I want to do a podcast. You know what I mean? Well, I did. That did mm-hmm. kind of happen, but it, 
it was already in my wheelhouse. It wasn't like something that just I woke up one day and was like, you know, I think I want to run for office. Like what? <laughs> where, where in the hell did that come from? I want to be a councilman. Yeah. There's no indication of that anywhere <laughs> in what I, you know what I mean? So that's something different. Um, but for me, it was like, this is what I was always doing. So for me, it's a package deal. I, you know, it's like, you know, going into a, a, a relationship with a kid. It's like, well, you want to love me? You got to love my child too. You know, it's, it's that. <laughs> you you may not understand it completely. And trust me, like, you know, unless you're in that industry or you're with somebody who's in the industry or this, that, or the other, they don't really understand what it takes. You know, like even with me DJing, they had to, like my, 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 my lady now had to go, oh, wait, for you to do a two-hour set, you may to just figure out what you're going to do and practice it. It may take you a week just to figure that out. Oh, wow. I would have never thought about that because you just see, you know, the DJ gets up there and he just starts DJing. Nobody knows the man hours that it took Michael Jackson to perfect that one little dance move that made everybody go crazy. But it yeah. took some a serious amount of time. You know, so it's that sort of thing that, that behind the scenes that most people aren't readily aware of. So I do understand that. But for me, I was doing this when you met me. <laughs> I'll be doing this if you leave me. Yeah. This is just right, kind of, so, you know, blinking and breathing for me. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's um, get into a little bit of music. This is the D-Hour Network. Um, this is TNC Radio, the next chapter. We're talking about goals and relationships. And, and dreams, which one comes first, which one you prioritize, you know, and, and, and how you do it. And we're going to get back into it. But right now, we're about to play a little bit of Closer by Guapale, and then we'll be back to you in about four minutes and 42 seconds.
was Guapale Kosa, the fabulous and the heat wave, mind-blowing decisions. And today we're talking about relationships, goals, and dreams, which ones come first, how do you prioritize? So I always like to throw in a clinical perspective just because it gives us something different. And, you know, I think is the more the more tools, more skills, the more resources we have, the better equipped we are if we develop a decision-making process to make more informed and proper decisions. So when it comes to relationships and goals and dreams, it depends on where they fit in because some people's goals and dreams to have a family and raise children are just as important to them as the goals and dreams to attain personally. And so the first thing I say is prioritize. Which one, if you went through life and did not do it, would give you the biggest pause for regret or I wish I had have done that, even though I've done this? Because in the end, you want to look back on your life and be like, you lived it to your fullest and you did everything that you could, as much as you could, but if there's two things that you have to choose from, and you can't do both of them, then you want to choose the one that's going to give you the most fulfillment and then in the end of your life give the the least regret. I do agree with Gypsy Soul Child, though. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. If you have a partner who understands the work and is dedicated to the work, I believe they will work with you. Sometimes in there, time will still become a factor, but that will be something that you can work through. And that's just because... People tend to underestimate. We tend to overestimate our ability to do something and underestimate how long it's going to take us to do it. That's just a social psychology fact, social science fact. And so a person might be down for you but not really realize how much time they're giving up and how much they're letting go to be with you in a relationship where you're chasing your goals or your dreams. So I think that in chasing goals and dreams, in context of a relationship, that you have to be ultra forthright and let that person know that you're in a relationship with what they're getting into, what it's going to look like. Not assume that, oh, you, oh, you know what work looks like. You know what this Because there are some worlds, like the one I was in, in entertainment, that people have problems understanding. I think a woman who's not familiar with, with the industry would be upset if we frequented a restaurant. We had a favorite restaurant, and the people we work with had the number so they could call me and get us get me there regardless of what me and her were doing. And so it takes a level of understanding and a respect and a commitment to the goal. So if you can find someone and you can be honest with them. Let them know what it's going to take, how much you are dedicated to, how much time you have instead of, what you're willing to do outside of, and they're still down, then I think you go for it. I don't think that you have to have one without the other. And I believe that both of you can be supportive of each other, even in attaining your goals. It's just about working out that middle where both people can be satisfied and understanding that it's not a permanent condition, but it is a situation that you are working through 
to get to the point where you both can be where you want to be and then have the true time that you really want to spend and dedicate to each other once you get to those points. I do believe that people can be toxic and destroy relationships. So, like, for instance, um, and I'm going to a rehab model, like when you are coming from an addiction of any substance and you start getting in recovery, the first thing they tell the people to do, well, not the first thing, but one of the first things they tell you to do is don't get in a relationship. Because one of the most one of the leading causes of relapse is, you know, a relationship. And I'm not talking about all relationships, but I'm not about the toxic failing or imposing relationships where they're like, Oh, you're putting too much time into your recovery, you're putting too much time in this, you don't need this, I got you and then make you choose between, you know, the support system that's working and the support system that they claim they'll work for you. So you have to be very careful because a toxic relationship can cause you to relapse. And in and that's in substance terms, in non substance terms, it can cause you to relapse into being ineffectual and then into being an into being antagonistic toward reaching your goals. It can turn you into the antagonist to your own goals and dreams. So yes, relationships they have to be needed very well. And you have to choose well, because if you don't choose a partner who can be supportive of your goals and will be supportive of your goals, you're going to have a you're going to be put in a position where either you're going to have to leave one for the other, or one by the nature of his existence is going to demand that you leave the other. And so it's very important before you even get in that situation that you assess properly. So which one is more important? In the end, is which one, if, and, and this is if you have to choose, is which one you will regret most not doing in the end of your life when you look back. If you don't have to choose, then you find that balance. You're ultra honest and open about how dedicated you are, how much time <clears throat> you dedicate to it, and what it's going to look like in that relationship. And if that person signs on for it and is willing to keep their word, you're good. The relationships, dreams, and goals are not diametrically opposed. They're not opponents. They're not some dual competing forces unless the goal, dream, or person you pick puts you in that position. And then you have to talk about your decision-making process and, you know, how well you make choices. So in the end, I think there's a lot of overlap between me and Gypsy. I think I just said it differently. But um, what I'm saying is it'll never get to the buy. I'm going to look at you and we're going to discuss in depth what my future looks like. And if you cannot sign on wholeheartedly with a firm and, and, and affirmative yes, then that's a no. We ain't going to say bye. We ain't going to never say hello. And that's what I did it in, in when I was – working and I didn't know what my life was going to look like when I hit the industry. When women would talk to me, they'd be like, what's it going to look like? I said, I don't know. And since I don't know, I'm not getting in anything because I might get into a point where I don't want a relationship or I might not want this relationship. And I'm not going to know until I'm fully immersed in it because I'm dedicated to this goal and this dream. And so, you know, I put off relationships because I just didn't know actually if I wanted to be in one at a time. And I was willing to choose that career and that success 
over the possibility of a relationship. So it's all relative. But the key is that you make an informed, spiritual, and intelligent decision about what it is. Any more input on on the subject, Gypsy, or you got yours in? Uh, that's pretty much it, you know. Just, um, you know, you got to, you got to, and but again, we're what we're saying is not the end all, be all. You know what I mean? Of course, not. you have to do yeah. what's right for you, people who are listening. You know, do what's right for you. Um, this is what was pretty much just right for us. Um, yeah, I would recommend. I would, I would highly recommend. You sit down and and anytime you're thinking about that, whether it be relationships with family, friends, uh, significant other, you know, what does this next step, this next chapter, me getting there, what does that look like? And what are some of the realistic sacrifices that I may have to make, even, even in terms of, hey, I really want to get this good job to work for the for the family, you know, and get a family that you uh, always wanted. It may be, like you said, family. You know, okay, so having a family means you're not going to be able to go out and go bowling or have a drink with the fellas, be at the club, club, because, you know, you got to be at the house teaching the, teaching the little baby how to read, you know, things like that. It, you never know. So be realistic yeah. about your dreams going back to past shows, dreams, goals, expectations. And, and once you can start doing that, then you can start prioritizing where you're going to go. And, again, it may look di- it's different for different people, you know. That's my whole thing. Yeah. So in the end, what we're saying is that is a definite that relationships, goals, and dreams are not mutually exclusive. One does not negate the other. And that's what we really want to do. We want to open up your mind to possibilities and to holistic and healthy thinking. Because some people are like, well, if I got a dream, you know, I got time for a relationship. Or some people say, you know, dreams don't mean anything without relationships. And truth be told, neither one of those are absolutes. It depends on where you're at in your life and what you need and what which you require. So in the end, what you have to do is make that decision, but make it based on some sound spiritual and intellectual reasoning and, and, and live into your integrity and your purpose. Because truth be told, you know, the right person can push you to where you need to go. You know what I'm saying? Did you agree with that, um, Gypsy? Oh, oh, wholeheartedly, yeah. wholeheartedly, and also the 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 incorrect person can push you absolutely far away from your dreams. Do do you agree with that too, Gypsy? Oh yeah. So this is where a lot of things end up coming back to one point in life. It's your decision-making and your discernment. It's about what you've trained yourself to be able to do and what you're actually capable of doing. Because let's be for real, because we didn't get into it because another subject matter ran long, 
part of being in a relationship is discernment and, and being able to choose a partner, mate, wife, husband, whatever they are to you, that is going to be in line and supportive of your dreams. And, of course, this is one-sided because we're talking about personal dreams and relationships. We're not trying to say that there's not supposed to be any reciprocity or symbiosis. But we're talking about in you choosing. But part of that choosing is someone that you also could be that for in the relationship. So, yeah, you know, and there's a responsibility to that. But I think the main reason that people fail at relationships or relationships fail because people, you know, fail at them is because most people lack the proper discernment to identify what it is they want and need and end up falling short. Or they purposely compromise thinking that what they have is close enough or they might not get an opportunity at it again. You know, my personal my personal feeling, though, is decisions made out of fear are usually poor ones, especially fear of loss. Well, what was your thought on that, Gypsy? The same. <laughs> I can't... Um... You can't live your life in fear and you can't live your life wondering well, what will happen if I never make it. You know, tomorrow is never promised to anybody. So, you know, Carpe Diem sees the day every day. Go out and, you know, give it, give everything, give everything your all, no matter what it is you're doing. If you're going to be in a relationship, be in a relationship and pursue your dream, but that that comes with um, having a conversation with your spouse, your mate, and saying, "Hey, this is what I'm doing, and this is what we're doing." And then it's then it's getting into time management. See, the it's funny, but the way these shows connect, they actually connect with each other. So the things we were talking about two, three weeks ago. You see them in practical application now. You know what I mean? Because now you have to prioritize and have a conversation with somebody and figure out, well, okay, this is what's good for me. This isn't what's good. This isn't what's good for me. And that's the thing that most people have a hard time doing, just being completely honest and saying, okay, well, this is what I'm seeking to do, and this is what will hinder me. And but this is how I'm going to carve out my time. That time management, that that setting boundaries and goals and prioritizing, all that's important. So even if it's in family time, just you know you want to be with the family. Just okay. Well, I can't spend every game, you know, every Saturday at a game with my kids if I have to work on Saturday. So that's not going to work out. You know what I mean? So you have to figure that mm-hmm. out. Or as the kids say nowadays, it's adulting. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't get into the aspect of friendship. We've talked about friendship, you know, in um, in, in, in other um, forms. But, you know, friendship is a very important thing. And so we should always, always understand that when we're choosing relationships, that you want somebody who's going to be a friend to you. Because friends 
are going to put you for, put you for first. They're not going to worry about how you feel about something if you know it's in your best interest because they're going to expect the friendship to weather it. Where in a relationship, it's usually the opposite. People do things based on whether or not they think their relationship can weather the um can weather what they do. Where in friendship, you expect your relationship to weather what you do if it's in the best interest. So let's listen to a little bit of Houdini. We'll come back with our affirmations and our closings, and that's going to be it for tonight. We thank you for listening. This is the DR Radio Network. This is the next chapter. Um, our caller number is 646-668-2574. So if you want to call in and air, um, say something about this, in the last, the song is going to be about four minutes. So in the last five minutes, if you want to say something, we'll give everybody who calls in about 35, 40 seconds to say something, you know, and you can let us know how you feel. But 646-668-2574, let's talk about friends. How many of us have them? Friends.
You say you and the girlfriend were so tight. You took her out with you and your guy one night. She even had a set of keys to your home, and you shared mostly everything you own. But as she shook your hand, she stole your man, and it was done so sweet, it had to be a plan. Couldn't trust her with cheese, let alone your keys. With friends like that, you don't need enemies. You wonder how long it was all going on, and you're still not sure if your gladdy is gone. You say, well, if she took him, he was never mine. But deep inside, you know that's just another lie. And now you're kind of cold towards the people you meet Cause of something that was done to you by some creep But nevertheless, I'll say it again That these are the people that we call friends Friends How many of us have them? Friends Before we go any further question. One day, you know, we're going to get into friendship in the next chapter, one of our next chapters, too. We're going to put that on the calendar because friendships, real big part in getting to that next level, that next chapter. So, with that, we're at the end of our time together. We talked about um, the state of the union. We talked about relationships versus goals and dreams. And, you know, we provide you insights. For as, long, as, as, as Gypsy said, this is not, you know, law. This is not etched in stone. These are our ideas and concepts of the situation meant to give you an idea or better, you know, insight or just a different insight. Sometimes we might challenge you into more of what you believe, but just to provide an alternative insight and more tools that you can use to decide what it's going to take you to get to this next chapter. But understand, everybody has to choose between, you know, relationships and dreams and if they're going to go together or if they're going to stay apart. Now, I, I, let me ask why I clarify that. I mean, you have to choose between one or the other, but you are going to have to make a choice regarding relationships and dreams at all points. It's just life is that way. And so it is better to be, you know, uh, cognizant of it and making that decision. So, Gypsy, uh, I'm going to say that I failed again at um, completing my um, my affirmation. I have been reading, but it's not as much as possible. I've just really been busy. And um, so got to hunker down again and get this reading on. How are you doing with your time management? I've been doing well with the time management. I have, ironically, I'm kind of shocked and 
kind of proud of myself at the same time. I've been doing really well. Um, <laughs> again, you know, that you make a, I'm shocked. Like, you know me, I'm, um, but it's been a thing of me sitting back, realizing that, you know what, you can't do everything in an hour. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, Brother A-Town, I think it's about that time that we tell him what we tell him every week. Keep your eye on the sparrow when the going gets narrow. We're going to check you out next week. This has been the next um, the next chapter radio on the Hour Network. I'm your co-host, A-Town, and your other co-host is Gypsy Soul Child. And with that, we out of here. Remember, it's all about getting to that next chapter. Y'all be easy. Don't go to bed with no price on your head. Time.